To the show, I'm Ernie. With me, as always, my tag team partner, Jerry Sags, to my Brian Knobs. We're no nasty boys, but we do team like it. Michael! Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news the Elimination Chamber happened earlier today. I turned it on at noon, thinking that I was going to start. Instead, it has started a few hours earlier. <laughs> so I raced to the start of the show. Roman Reigns defeated Goldberg in about maybe five minutes or so with the guillotine. Ah, it was a weird match. Goldberg can't go anymore, man. And nor should he. He should be somebody's manager or somebody in a rocking chair. And he and for the next retirement match, he's next. <laughs> ha! Stop! He's already dead. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg is oh my Gosh, even watching him do his entrance and getting all these uh, sparks on him is like, don't do that anymore, dude. You're old. Look, you got stuff on. Now you're bleeding. Oh, man, you're not even made it to the ring yet. You're bleeding. Your head's bleeding. Uh, You know, we can't have that. Well, Vince was wrestling to what? He was about 70. So, you know, Goldberg's got a few more years. It's different. Um, Roman Reigns with the guillotine, just like, yeah, that's he's still he's still champion. He's still up there, like which I'm not surprised. Universal champion, or even WWE, I guess uh, for now, (laughs) Um, not WWE world champion, but WWE Universal champion. He's uh, Mm -hmm. the longest reigning. After that, the women's elimination match was just a normal match. Nothing fancy or glamour about it. Uh, the women wore spandex covering their bodies because they're not allowed to show skin well, out there. I don't want to have an international incident there. Oh, man. Liv Morgan <laughs> wore the same red, red spandex uh, Britney Spears and the Oops, I Did It Again video, which <laughs> made me want to live more. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, um, Really didn't care who won the match, but um, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. I don't really, that's how much I cared about this match, really. Yeah, it was not a Bianca yeah. Belair. There she is. Oh, okay. uh, Bianca Belair wins the match. Um, it was the oh. return of Alexa Bliss as well. And yeah, it was eh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was a match, it wearing. happened. Yeah, everybody in bandage and all that. It happened. Weird. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Lita. Yeah, which you kind of expected, but it was still cool. 
just anyway. Twitter won a different outcome, but come on, does everything to the road of WrestleMania against the legend? I don't think yeah. so. Uh, nah, it was fan service, and it was cool to see Lita. But I mean, I don't even think—I don't think she wants to work. Any, we don't want to see her hold the title and work three times a year either. So, not again. Uh, I sk- I skipped through the Drew McIntyre Madcap Moss match. Eh, didn't really care for it, but I did see a tweet of Moss falling on his neck with a. Grand Theft Auto wasted meme after it. Ha! Stop! He's already dead. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have to look at the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm not I laughing at the that. guy. I'm laughing at the meme. <laughs> I'm laughing at the meme too. It's like, <laughs> skip through it, and then I see this like on Twitter. I'm like, oh, all there right, cool. I was like trying to get to now to the live show. I was like, all right. <laughs> and finally, Brock Lesnar did what we all knew all along was going to do and just about murdered Austin Theory doing it. Poor Austin got thrown into Bobby's Lashley pot head first, which knocks Bobby out of the match. And then poor Austin gets that five from the top of the pot onto the ground cage and he's dead. <laughs> Lesnar wins. I've seen the memes already that Brock Lesnar has defeated all the Black World Champions WWE has ever uh, had. Oh, back from The Rock 20 years ago. Yeah. Is to that Kofi where King- we're going? I guess. To Kofi Kingston in 2019 and Biggie recently and then Bobby. Mm-hmm. But he did not pin Bobby tonight. Right. So there you go. Bobby there goes was that taken theory. out of the stretcher. You know, therefore, the Almighty has yet to be defeated by Brock Lesnar. So we're not going right. to. Yeah. So let's not. We don't need to go with that one. <laughs> the Rock is half someone. So we're going with that. So he's only beat Kofi Kingston and Biggie. We He defeated Xavier out of the blue for anything, for any freaking match. Xavier Woods from the New Day also. Then we can start getting worried. <laughs> I'm waiting for uh, a meme in a few weeks, just like the Scott Pilgrim meme. Mm. Brock Lesnar versus the world. Yeah. Uh, that's Which, horrible. <laughs> Brock Lesnar versus the world. My money's on Brock. Oh, goodness. I'm a Mark. I'm a Mark. And finally, we got the news that has been a long time coming. And like you said earlier, and few podcasts ago we'd be surprised to know who is not in the hall of fame well this man has lost and he is now in it the dead man himself Undertaker has been inducted to the hall of fame who's going to induct him vince or kane that's the next question Ooh, i would go with kane kane, kane i'm gonna go with kane it, yeah. i mean it's he they he, they like each other in real life it's his bro you know fake brother whatever kayfabe yeah. brother vince loves him i mean it's McMahon can love anybody other than himself, but um, now I, I, I mean I don't know that they had as I would see Vince McMahon putting in Austin. I don't necessarily see on screen link like we know that Vince loves Undertaker, you know Mark, whatever. Um, no, I don't. I think that Kane and Undertaker had more on screen um, chemistry and more on screen. Um, than Vince and Undertaker. I mean, well, what's your take on it? What, what's your opinion? 
eight. I'd go with Kane. Um, yeah. Uh, Vince would be like, well, he brought him, and then he like made sure that he was, you know, protected. Sure. That's his guy. That's the, his go-to guy. If anything, mm-hmm. you know, he's the only one that stayed in WWE. Everybody right. else left. Hogan That's left. True, yeah. um, Rick Rude left. Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, Sean the entire NWO. Sean lost a smile. Lost a smile, but he never left. He never went to another organization. He never left, but he still lost a smile. He still decided to leave. Yeah. Um, Even Austin did his Bret little... Hart. Bret Hart left. Uh, well, he yeah. actually left, you know. Jeez, Bret Hart actually, like, that was a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah. Montreal thing. Um, who else? I mean, like, mostly everybody in Vince's life. That yeah, with. everybody's, yeah. And they all left. Although Rock has never wrestled anywhere. I mean, he left for the movies and whatnot, but... But he came back. Yeah. He came back. Just to yeah. leave. Um, the only one stuck around was Undertaker. Undertaker, and yeah. He'd been pretty consistent for the years. Kane, too. Kane also. You know, he never seen Kane after all that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I would, I would think. I mean, if we're going on screen, I would say Kane. Of course, yeah. I, I think Vince probably cares about Undertaker, but I, on screen, I'm thinking Kane. I, quote unquote, brother. Do it. Yeah, most definitely. And that's all the news we have for you. So we finally sat down to watch an actual episode of All the Wrestling Dynamite. I know this is mostly a retrospective. Uh, let's say that again. I know this is mostly a retrospective podcast on mostly WWF, WWE stuff. But since we brought it up last week about Cody Rhodes and I mentioned John Mox's mm-hmm. name a few times, I figured why not watch the episode completely and talk about it on the show. So here we are. It is called All Things Wrestling for a reason. Uh, opening segment of AEW. What did you think of it? CM Punk and in the middle of the ring talking about um, tattered to him, MJF being tattered to him, just like the same way Roddy Piper was tattered to someone else. Mm-hmm. When they, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm definitely a WWE mark. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool to see uh, CM Punk. I haven't seen him in a, well. Actually, I will say the last time, unfortunately, I saw CM Punk. Agent, so oh my that goodness. was not. Exactly saw that. <laughs> yeah, that was not the best way to see him. So I was glad to see him back in his glory. Yeah, you saw him there. I saw him at a um, challenge versus stars um, champions, champion versus stars um, reality TV show. Oh, okay. where he. Somewhat getting punked by bananas, and he and he just called him out on his like, "You're a mark, you're a mark." That's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> but um, it's booked AEW Revolution on March fourth, dog collar match between MJF and CM Punk, just the same way that Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine were tethered together. So hmm. for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. I was going to say 
reason in my head before you said that i wanted jyd but you're right it was valentine jyd yeah. did a match like that with somebody though am i incorrect uh, probably against harley race okay all right but yeah you're right piper but, and yeah. valentine you're absolutely but, right yeah you're right jyd did a match like that yeah but you're but it, yeah Okay. Um, next cool. match didn't really didn't really care about the next match at all. Brian Danielson defeated Lee Moriarty, but uh, no, hell no. I was more invested in Sabrina the Teenage Witch showing up in the crowd and laughing at the yeah. Brian Dan- <laughs> and and laughing at the Brian Danielson cries at the end of Old Yeller sign that the guy was holding. <laughs> I guess it's real. Yeah, it is. It's like. The total douche now. Yeah. I get his heel shtick. His heel persona is really a short dude who doesn't give a fuck. And the guy that he wants to go with there is John Moxley, which I'm like, why? Why? Okay. I think he plays a good heel, though. I mean, I think to me, he's a better heel than he is a face. He is. He's a better heel than he is a face. I just can't stand him. <laughs> I'm like, okay. uh, well, that's fair. Really, yeah, I wasn't a big really, fan. Don't really care about this. Yeah. Um, Big fan when he was in WWE. So, John Moxley comes out, tells him, then ends it with, "I don't stand side by side with anyone unless I bleed with him first. Danielson wants John Moxley to join him, and John Moxley's all like, "You gotta bleed first. You gotta do a Batman versus Superman here. Do you bleed? Tell me." Sure, definitely no, going be to good. be a war during this. Yeah, feud. it could definitely be good. Uh, Keith Lee debut in AEW was so much better and well hyped than what WWE did on Raw. Just you know, from last this past week, last week's debut was so much better. And then they do it on Raw and it's all like Bearcat, like what? <laughs> So horrible. Let's not do that anymore. Uh, Warlow versus Sean Spears versus Platinum Max Caster from the Acclaim. I know you're going to love this one. Little shades of John Cena from back in the day. I'm going to see if I can find. I'm going to see if I can find the Max Caster rap. Oh god. <laughs> I leave that back where. You leave that back in 05. 05. This stays there. Don't bring it back. Yeah. And, well, you know Max will get over you if they start letting his opponent rap battle him back. And, <laughs> like, if they start doing that, and now it's game over. Let him do it rap battle. Let, let him do it by himself. And right. then have the, his opponent be annoyed by it. We don't want him to go the John Cena route. Just enjoy yeah. what he does. Have him roast his opponents, and sometimes they get beat by them. <sighs> I mean, I hate the fact that the match started and immediately goes into commercial break. Well, why not? That's the, what do they say? Anything can happen when we're alive. <laughs> yeah. um, it goes into picture in picture, and you just basically miss the entire action, and then it comes back, and it's the ending of the match. Um, 
actually watch it on YouTube. It was actually much better than watching it on TV. Warzone wins the match and advances to the face of the Revolution ladder match that is set at the preview. And of course, I was reading the comments on the match uh, on YouTube, and somebody had said Warzone was getting the same treatment that Batista got back in Evolution, which is true. He's, he's getting that um, Batista push. Oh. Well, I was a big fan back then, so I might have to start paying attention to the. Yeah, yeah, definitely pay attention to that. Um, my favorite AEW female wrestler, Britt Baker, and the addition of Mercedes Martinez, who was an old schooler. You know, like Lucha Underground stuff. And okay. She showed up on NXT. She showed up in the May Young Classics a few years back. Unfortunately, she oh. got knocked out on NXT, and then she um, got a concussion, and then they tell her, um, you know, it's uh, budget cuts. Which it wasn't. This was a. Okay. No DQ man. Yeah. Okay. Here she's hanging out with Britt Baker, DMD, my second favorite dentist, next to Isaac (laughs) Ingham. Couldn't be the first one of the past. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, DDS. I'm sorry. Yeah. There you go. When I was watching this segment, I was wondering why Britt was wearing a Cobra Kai shirt because I have the same one, but the words of the show are cut off. Mm. And then since John Kreese shows up and he does the whole finish her, no mercy. <laughs> and go to commercial break. You get Melissa Joan Hart and Martin Cove to do a cameo on this episode. Fun. It's just cool, you know, again, for people our age. Cool. AEW World Champion interview, Hangman, Hangman Adam Page. Don't really care about him. I don't. <laughs> Just don't. He's, he's a basic cowboy, I guess. Well, you know, you like he's still like the smoking gun. Maybe they're trying to do smoke. No. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone about to interview him, but my favorite, but my first favorite Adam decides to get on the mic. He comes out. Adam Page, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Why did I put Adam Page on my notes? Adam Cole doesn't like Shivani because he likes to interview Cole's girl. Hmm. So he kicks him out. Like, nope, get out of here. Go away, Shivani. Next to Cole, Page just looked like a basic cowboy wrestler. Adam Cole just amazed anybody on the microphone. It's true. Like, Adam Cole can talk. Hmm. Adam Page is just. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. Adam Cole, AEW champion by the end of the year. Tell us about <laughs> Adam Cole, AEW champion by the end of the year. Okay. Kyle Rocky and Bobby Fish show up to attack Page. Security comes out to help break up the fight. And then the Dark Order comes out to help Page. Way to be late about it. I hated this show so much. Um, Chris Jericho and Jack Swagger, formerly yeah. known as Jack Swagger. Jake Hager, formerly known Jake as Jack Hager. Swagger. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Remember the all-American American Jack Swagger. The Dutch, not Dutch Mantel. What was he called when he was with Jack Swagger? Hey, um, what called uh, Dutch Mantel. 
I yeah, I don't remember Dutchman. Remember him being there? I just don't remember his name. I forgot what his name was. But yeah, I, so you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And weed the people instead of weed the people because everybody else yelled it. They take on Santana and Ortiz, the inner circle fight. Um, that Jer- lost, which I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah. Jericho and Jericho comes out, and the crowd still sings his theme, no matter if he's face or heel. Love that. Love that theme. Every time. Jericho's always <laughs> going to be a fan favorite. I don't. Unfortunately for him, even being a heel, it's like he can only be so much a heel because doesn't love Chris Jericho, you know what I mean? Yeah. My favorite out of the 90s, out of the Attitude Era, WCW. After Santana and Ortiz come out, Eddie Kingston walks out to Dallas for more gas on the fire that he started in being Santana and Ortiz's corner. Um, Truthfully, this was more of a start of a feud between Jericho and Kingston because it's eventually happening, like, they're Breaking the inner circle apart, that's done with. Jericho is now going solo. Jake Hager as his partner. Um, now he's going up against Kingston. It's fine. Uh, but this eventually ends the inner circle stable. And calling it right now. It's LAX again. And they can't even call themselves LAX because it's um, Impact. And yeah. Impact owns it. But, okay. I didn't know. Uh, like, last week segment when they were in the ring and talking to each other and Jericho tells him maybe I got the wrong LAX members like oh wow wait wait to way to kick them while they're down dude um backstage segment with Adam Cole the young bucks on one side and Red Dragon on the other side comparing how many babies oh my god they're so <laughs> <fun> together <laughs> didn't really pay that much attention to it except for the ending. He didn't know which way to go. Should he go with Red Dragon, who he's known for years and was part of the NXT Undisputed, or should he go with the Super Click, his other best friend? I hope that I'm right what he's doing and should be booked. Do it. Go with the Super Click. <laughs> no. Um, get, here, here's what I think gonna, should happen. Okay. Adam Cole, Adam Cole okay. hangs out with the Bucks again, but when the time is right, Kenny Omega comes back and then, you know, be all elite again, the elite. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to go after the AEW world title again. But Adam mm-hmm. Cole stands out of the way. So they have another feud, and Adam finally chooses Red Dragon after being thrown out of the elite all those years ago by those three. Smart thing for Adam to do. Smart thing for Adam Cole to do. Just mm-hmm. keep that it under So finally, with to the Mercedes versus Thunder Rosa match, no DQ. Oh my god, I loved it. Um, John Kreese is in the crowd enjoying this match. Yeah. Do you see what Thunder Thunder Rosa was wearing? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. No. Wearing that Bruce Lee yellow and black jumpsuit from Game of Death. Oh. Or or from the new. The new generation might remember it from the Uma Thurman um, Kill Bill. Yeah, from Kill Bill, yeah. But no, yeah. I no, definitely Game of Death. I'll go with Game of Death. You can Game of Death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I see John Creed out there and then Thunder Rosa comes out with that. Like, oh that is okay. I see what you guys are doing. 
Cobra Kai and AW in the same universe. Which is good. cool, yeah. Good job. <laughs> Spot of the night that probably wasn't supposed to go like that. Mercedes suplexing Thunder Rosa onto a table outside the ring. That could have gone wrong. And to this day, I still remember how he got powerbombed on a table and his back was cut, and there was a lot of blades. So he hit it on Thunder Rosa. It's like, oh man, that that sucks. Well, they got to do something. They got to try to take more and more of that uh, real estate rating. So. Two hardcore matches in that bad, but they made a point and bring up the Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in the Lifestyle Uncensored match a year ago. And that's because Thunder Rosa will never live up to that match again, even if she tries to do it here. <laughs> like, there's no, there's never going to be a better Thunder Rosa, or never going to be a better match than that. There was a couple weeks ago, but Thunder Rosa will never live up to that hype again. Wow. Which, that's uh, rough, though. If she, if she wins with a driver on top of the chairs, which would probably give another WWE another heart attack and Karen the situation again, how dare they mutilate women like that? This coming from the guys who allowed the Dudley boys to powerbomb Mae Young uh, from the stage to tables. Great job, guys. Don't tell us what to do. <laughs> Don't tell other people how to do their matches when you guys have done worse. No. After the match, as a sign of respect, Thunder Rosa picks up Mercedes and the crowd is loving it. Britt Baker comes out with the rest of her squad and asks Sensei Kreese what she should do. And he tells her to finish <laughs> The best way he can do it, finish it. No mercy. Yeah, I was gotta love it. I was disappointed nobody in the crowd yelled, Get her a body bag. Get I know, right? You got it. Well, you know, they're all young. They don't know that uh, that reference. They don't, they don't understand that reference. Oh, get her a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been perfect. Get her a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Britt Baker squad rebel and Jamie Hayter attacked Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez looking on, and then Britt Baker hands Mercedes a pipe to finish the job. But she has to say and get attacked from behind by Jamie Hayter. And it's done. She's no longer in the squad. She can't sit with us anymore. Yeah. yeah you're wearing sweatpants. You can't sit with us. Nope. <laughs> uh, AEW Rampage moved to 7pm to run against Friday Night Smackdown for the first hour. Hmm. Um, okay. Right, let's go with the ratings on that one, see how it went. That was yesterday. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. Maybe, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because SmackDown, they had a IC title match, if I recall correctly, last night. In the first hour? Oh, in the first hour? No. Uh, ooh, no, I don't. Yeah. Okay. Like so last minute that they probably scrambled. Oh, I think it was tape, wasn't it? Oh. I again I hundred percent. Because the SmackDown crew was going to Saudi Arabia the next day. Oh, oh that was 
Then yeah. it probably was, though. Oh, look at that. Hey, hey. AEW got on that. Like, no, it's taped. Let's, let's go in there and start at um, That's smart. 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, when they get the ratings back, it's like, you guys came and beat us when you're live. That's pretty funny. Uh, TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. What'd you think of it? Because I loved it. Like I said, not a big AEW uh, fan just yet. As far as just pure wrestling, I thought it was a good match. It definitely was. Um, lots of high spots, lots of um, Sammy. Sammy just doing stuff and then. Darby Allen is a good wrestler. I like them both. And this is the main event, too, which I was like, oh, wow. I'm impressed. Uh, Sammy wins due to interference from Andrade. Almas, after the match, Matt Hardy runs the best way he can run. Still looks awkward doing it. <laughs> That's not all these years. It's all these years of him running, and then he realized he's old. Yeah, that's not a good look. So, what do you think of your first AEW show? The first show you watched? Um, I would have likened I likened it to a Did I like it? I liked it, don't, but I'm biased. Don't hold back. <laughs> I thought it was it was WCW without, or I'm sorry, it was ECW without the hardcore in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. It's kind of like you turn from WWE and you turn to the less glossy, but it's like, okay, the the allure of ECW was like, okay, it doesn't look anywhere as good as WWF at that time, but it's like, oh my God, they're really killing each other. This was like, it was like. They're really wrestling. Yeah, but it's ECW if it was. PG-13, which is kind of like, So, no, I will say this. Did I like it? Yes, but I'm not a fan yet. I'm not a fan. Okay. I'm not a... I don't think they have the... I think they have better wrestling. I just don't think they have the glitz and glamour yet. Um, They run three shows. Um, Okay. One Elevation, the other... uh, Well, now it's four shows. Um, One is Elevation, which Mm -hmm. is just because they have a lot of people on their roster. The other one is Dark, which you could watch those two on YouTube. Um, just a bunch of dark matches that you can just check out on YouTube. It's whatever you don't see there. It's like there's a bunch of people there. Um, Brian Pillman's son, Brian Pillman Jr., who mm. looks just like him. I've seen him, yeah. Right down to the bench. <laughs> uh, the Varsity Blondes, as they're called. Um, taking a throwback from when... Stone Cold and Brian Pillman used to catch yeah. together. Um, there's that. There's a bunch of other people. And then there's Rampage also, whatever you missed. There's like that third hour of wrestling that, you know, just like Raw is. So there's like four shows. So there's a bunch of um, wrestling content all week. And you're just like, wow, <laughs> when does it end? But yeah. Um, oh, that's cool variety some of these wrestlers i do know who they are because i've watched them over the years on other promotions ring of honor impact and like their reason they're there is because they're friends with the elite guys 
So either that or they went to NXT and now they're from NXT like, hey, you got to go. So they show up on AEW, which Tony Khan has now been saying that he can't renew everybody's contract. Well, dude, that's the price you pay for like buying everybody. So now you can't renew it because it'll cost a lot more money. Right. So we'll see how that goes in the time, weeks to come. Um, Cody Rhodes leaving. And I don't, you know, everybody keeps assuming he's going to WWE. And I'm just like, nah, I don't think so. Like, it's like one of those, I'll believe when I see it. Yeah, at this point, yeah, I don't think so. Like, I believe when I see it, everybody wants him to join up with Miz or just um, be the guy that shows up at WrestleMania or come back in that Stardust uniform outfit again. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, no, why would you do that? But um, there's a lot of tweets out there from the wrestlers who saw that and they're like, I can't believe this is going on. Either <laughs> there's like either he betrayed hit um, AEW or I was like, okay, cool, you know, more power to him. Yeah, I mean, if he goes back, he wouldn't be the first. That's the thing. Yeah, right. 20 years ago would have been like, oh my god, how could you know? Like when Bischoff, you like, oh my god. But it's like now everybody ends up going back. It's like Amazon. If you worked at Amazon once, you're going to work there again. Exactly. Because they're the only people who will take you back. Assuming you you didn't hide a body somewhere, Amazon will take you back in a year. So, that's where in WWE once, as long as you don't, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. And that's all the news we have for AEW. Currently, we're on a WrestleMania road trip, driving down the road to number 38. I we take a trip down memory lane and bringing you the classic and our most memorable moments of WrestleMania. Last week, I chose WrestleMania 3 because of two matches in particular. One was the first wrestling-related event I ever seen in my life, and the, that was a historic Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant for the WWE World title. And the second was the most perfect match in all of wrestling, and that was Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This week... Mike got to choose, but before you reveal which WrestleMania we got to review, let's down the let's uh run down the rules. Okay, so during the show, we will be stating additional facts that you may or may not have heard known already that we just happen to have come across on the web over the years. Mm-hmm. At times, we will discuss what happened afterwards to either the feud or the wrestler throughout the year. After we discuss the WrestleMania at the moment, we will rate it by the card, the roster, what impact did it have on pop culture, and is it rewatchable by giving it a unique rating system. Such as how many videotapes out of ten would we give it, and would we take it to with us to school to have our friends watch it during a free class or an elective, if we were still young and in high school, that is. So why don't you go ahead and tell them what you chose and why? All right, so I five uh, WrestleMania five is actually the first pay per view that I ever saw, uh, not live, but rented it from one of the local tape stores at that time, uh, probably. 1990 uh, if I've happened in 89 but 
um, it was the first one. It was my, like I said, it was when I started watching wrestling, I was like five or six years old. So it's, it always has a, it's always going to have a, a special place, you know, with me, especially, um, with my love of wrestling. So I had to go with that. And I also think it was actually a good card. So, yeah. True. Yeah. It was pretty good. Uh, WrestleMania five from the boardwalk hall, or as they called it back then, Trump Plaza in yeah. Atlantic city, New Jersey. Um, this was, this was actually longer. Um, 14 matches. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania yeah, three was, and, but you know, this was a match longer. Mm-hmm. Commentators were Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Ventura yeah. <laughs> Which I think they're a good pair. I think they're, they're good. They, they are a good pair. Um, and then later on, they just disappear from existence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's they're start good. off. Let's start off with the WWF Women's Champion Rockin' Robin singing the Mer- America the Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Jesse Ventura said it best. She better keep her day job. Yeah, yeah. She was a much better wrestler than she was a singer. Like, why? I mean, they got a lot of freaking artists for the past four WrestleManias. They couldn't get that. Like, all right, who wants to take one for the team this year? <laughs> Honestly, we can't I'm... afford. We can't afford anybody else. We already got Trump. <laughs> There you go. Now I, I'm assuming back then I didn't know this, but I looking back at it, I'm I'm thinking maybe it was like a, it was part of the show, like it, it was a heel. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it was part of the. I don't think it was that they couldn't get. I think it was kind of like <sighs> part of the show. That's where I'm gonna go with that. It was part of the okay. show. Okay, part of the show it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you run us down the first match? Oh. So- Hercules versus Haku with Bobby the Brain. And so we know what side he was on. Um, obviously, this was Hercules' pre-Power and Glory days. This match, I think it was, it was a decent match. Um, it was an, an important match, but it was one of those tests. You know, these were both strong, big guys back then. So I think it was more like a test of strength. You know, see who's the bigger guy, who's the tougher guy. Um, I don't anything long term but I think it was kind of important back then because it was kind of cool to see these two guys uh, bigger than life guys uh, going after each other so, I don't know what do you think uh, it was Haku is always man he's always going to have like a, a newsworthy story back there like he's a freaking rough guy to fuck, uh, fight um a little backstory on the match. Um, Bobby, he didn't need any money, and he needed money now. <laughs> so he sold Hercules' contract to Ted DiBiase, mm. who, upon purchasing said contract, claimed that he had his own slave. You know, he had mm. acquired his slave now. That's right. This angered uh, anger the gods, and Hercules mm. wanted no part of the storyline <laughs> and said he is no slave. So Hercules fought his way to the face that is by defeating Virgil for his freedom. You heard that, right? A white man fought a black man for his right to be free. For his get freedom. A rich white man. <laughs> Damn the it's rich wrestling. white man. It's wrestling. It's Vince. Thank, thank you, Vince, for some intriguing storylines. 
Later on, Hercules and DiBiase would feud into Survivor Series, where DiBiase pinned and eliminated Herc from the team, which ended in the so-called feud. Herc would focus his attention on his old family member, Bobby Heenan, who was managing Haku, who defeated Harley Race to become the new king of the ring, and thus this match took place. So it's uh, Hercules versus King Haku. Yep. Um, it was an okay match opening, you know, for the show for good reason. Yeah. Um, I like Haku better down the line as m- later on. Um, also as Meng in WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are they keeping Hercules around with all these big guys to go against? Yet he's still on the opening card. Well, but then remember, shortly after this was when he joined Paul Roma in uh, Power and Glory. Power and though. Glory, yes, Power and Glory. With the chain and uh. yeah, a little swan song from there. Um, I know a lot of matches on this card that could have opened that would have given Herc a much better push than still being in a Heenan storyline. After defeating Kaku from here on out, Hercules just becomes enhancement talent, jobbing, and later goes back to being a heel with mm. Paul Roma. Mm. Haku continues to be king until mid-1989 when he is defeated by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan later be known as King Hacksaw, which is crazy. <laughs> King Hacksaw. King Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Later on, Haku and Under the Giant would be seen as a tag team champions as the Colossal, Collection, Colossal Connection. Mm. Which, uh, that was a good tag team. <clears throat> I liked it. Yeah, I think it was an interesting pairing. But, uh, you know, with this one, though, I, I was happy that Hercules won this one. I was a Hercules back then. Um, I, thought, I didn't think it was an important, like you said, it wasn't anything important. He could have with somebody else but I think for at that time it was it was relevant for the time yeah and then he just um yeah Hercules could have done better they could have done better with yeah. Hercules and all that um I know you were excited for match number two yeah rockers versus boss man and Akeem with slick yep <laughs> I I still Looking back, I I think I came now. Cultural appropriation. Of course. Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, in a uh, even in a friggin' in a car that had um, Run DMC, yeah. Bad News Brown. Ah, <laughs> uh, who? Why? Who let this happen? I just gotta ask like, one I, question. Yes. If Akeem is from Africa, why is he white? Oh boy. <laughs> we don't go around asking people why are they white. Oh, okay. So if you're from Africa, why are you white? Oh my god, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. Um another tag team that should have been featured later down the card. Uh even knowing now that Shawn Michaels, Mr. Rissomania, I still think this should have been down the card, down the line. Um, the Twin Towers were the reason the Mega Power split up and turned Randy heel, so that should have been a reason for them to get a monster push and advance them a few matches for the main event. I love the team dynamics between the Rockers. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Shawn Michaels was freaking hung over from the night yeah. before, <laughs> which is always news 
like every time you hear about it, and because he put it in his book. Right. Um, he, uh, did he ever get the tag titles? I don't think they before. No, not before this. This was actually their first WrestleMania. Oh, um, uh, of course. Like, but later on, yeah. Oh, later um, on. I'm gonna say no. No. This was also that- Big Boss Man's first WrestleMania. Um, according to other sites that I've just visited. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because yeah, I could see that. Uh, I thought it was a pretty match, considering, you know, it was your classic little guy versus you know, and Goliath match. Um, fast movement and everything, and even um, Monsoon, you know, was, he, he was pointing out the fact that, like, uh, they would hit uh, Hakeem. He, I, I think he said he was daydreaming uh, when he was out, you know, waiting for the tag. Um, one thing, though, that I, I still um, you know, now they say cringy, I, I guess is the word. I wouldn't have used that myself, but um, you know, they won. The Twin Towers won, and I call it uh, Hakeem won with the belly flop from hell. Is uh, what I called it, and then Monsoon. Here's the cringy part. Monsoon called it Air Africa. Yeah. Uh. And I I know this is radio, but uh, I'm shaking my head. If you can't hear it, uh, I'm shaking my head really hard. So I'm I'm, I'm hoping the listeners can hear that. Air and Africa. You can hear it. And if you can't hear it, I'm putting my hand on my face. Like, yeah. I can't. I don't want to see this. Um. <laughs> There was a spot where Sean moves out of the way from Big Boss Man trying to give him a splash and you see Boss Man just take it all in the face. Face planted. <laughs> it's just hilarious because you see his his whole body just flop and then you see his face next. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, that's horrible, man. Um, that was a good match. I thought it was a fun match. It it was a fun match, uh, especially the fact that HBK and Big Bossmans are their first WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Akeem as oh my gosh, I liked him better as one main gang. I don't care what he says. <laughs> and then you you see freaking Trump in the front row just laughing about it with his <laughs> other rich people just oh. And we even know, like, this is horrible. <laughs> um, so later in the year, Big Bossman splits from the team because Slick was taking credit for everything. That's how he'll manage his work, my guy. <laughs> they take credit for everything. <laughs> like, don't be new around here. Act like you're. Act like you're. You know, you've been here before. <laughs> um, act like you've been here before. Come on. And so he decided to go their separate ways and thus becoming a face. Of course, Akeem continues to be Akeem. Mm. Oh, sweet Lord. Dream. The African dream. Air Africa. <laughs> <laughs> later, <laughs> later on, Kofi Kingston rekindles that moment with Air Boom. Yeah. Uh, the Rockers continue to become an awesome tag team by introducing the Iron Man concept in the WWF in a series of matches against the Fabulous Ruby Joes. Mm-hmm. 
They had a series of five Iron Man matches that weren't televised and only featured in the house shows. Later that year, they would face the Fabulous Joes at SummerSlam with Rick Martel and Tito Santana in their corner. And go ahead with the third match. You know how I feel about him. <laughs> so the third match, uh, another good match, I think. Our man with Virgil, obviously, versus yeah. Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Here's something. Here's a little uh, tidbit that I actually had never heard as many times as I've watched WrestleMania 5 until today. When they announce Brutus Beefcake, they say he's from San Francisco. I, what was that? Did you know Brutus Beefcake was supposed to be from San Francisco? I thought he was from Sarasota, Florida. With his Did they say Sarasota, maybe? And with his okay. best friend, you know. Like, All right, maybe no, it's in Sarasota. I thought where San Francisco, which would be weird though. Why San Francisco? Wherever um, what's his name? Hogan was from. Hogan. That's where Brutus Beefcake was from. But San Francisco, I don't know. Did he they say anything else about San Francisco? Like where in San Francisco? No, it or just sounded he... like when, because I didn't hear a state. But now that now that you say that though, I guess Sarasota and San Francisco could sound the same when there's a crowd. In the background, hey, okay. San Francisco. That's very weird. They got him from San Francisco. <laughs> um, also, because before this, he was a male stripper. Oh, the, his his gimmick, his gimmick, right, was right, a male right. Stripper. So, yeah. like, there's a bunch of stuff you freaking do in San Francisco. Yeah, it could be San Francisco. I just had so, never known that. So. Like, you go to Hollywood to become an actor, you go to San Francisco to become a stripper. There you go. Uh, Special one. Yeah, you love this match? I did like this match. I don't think it was a, a highly... I thought it was a, a good match. I A couple of things... I, I actually liked it more than anything was the... the um, from... Ventura that I, I still to this day I'll use more for fun than anything else is when he win if you can lose if you must but always cheat always, uh, like yeah. I quote that even to this day I thought it was funny uh, I think that's like the quote that was said when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. um, and the little match lasted about five minutes at least I could not wait for this match to be over I never mm-hmm. wished someone to be featured in Endeavor before until now on the show. Oh, wow. I mean, everybody gives HBK shit in the 90s for having backstage stroke, but nobody talks about the years prior when it was Hogan running the backstage politics and allowing his and allowing his best friend to stay on the roster. It was thought, an okay match, but it should have been an opener. I thought it was kind of sleeper versus sleeper. Like I said, now it doesn't mean anything, but back then sleeper versus the sleeper i also thought i mean if you want to get you know semi-deep semi um to me versus common man whole trope so i I thought that was kind of cool you know because like beefcake is like you're just everyday guy and you know obviously million dollar man is supposed to be the establishment so i don't know i kind of thought that there was something that going on in that too which gave it a little bit of relevance uh, and the fact the fact they both got counted out, and it, nobody really won, nobody really lost. It was just kind of like me, so eh. I don't know. Yeah, 
I mean, obviously yeah. Virgil was there. He played a, a big part. I think he was probably more the standout of the whole match than anybody. Virgil always plays a big part, but yet yeah, he, there's no freaking line for him at conventions. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, in Maryland at uh, the mall. I've met him. I've um, gotten a picture of him doing the million dollar dream on me. Oh, really? Um, cool. I've we've all gotten in line to see uh, what's his face, Mick Foley, and he's like right there in front of that line is him. Oh no! Like I'm like looking around, I was like why can't we move this line? No, we're just gonna be here. All right, hey Virgil, how you doing, man? Oh, what are you selling? It's like him and the million dollar man, and then Tiviasi's right next to him, and I'm just like, "Hey, um, just oh, do it." You saw him. He's with all like, man. "Okay, cool." Yeah, and I'm like, "Just do it." He's all like, "Do what? Do the laugh." We all want to hear the laugh. Like, eh, all right, hold on. And then he throws his throat, and then he does it. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh shit, yes, <laughs> thank you, sir. Really appreciate that." And then Virgil just stands there like. Not even saying anything. It's like, what? You don't do anything, dude. You're his bodyguard. You don't do anything at all. You're just there. And you want us to buy your stuff? Come on. I thought it was and, cool. Photographs and pictures. And I'm just like, you gave me the Minute Dollar Dream a few years ago, but, you know, <laughs> I'll print out the picture and you can like it. <laughs> Oh, uh, that yeah, Virgil was yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Um, the next match, Jesus. Well, well, and so before you get to the match, I, that about this pay per view, especially as a kid, was that it was definitely in, you know in that cartoonish era of wrestling, and so um, when he went to the that brunch with the Bushwhackers and they were stuffing their faces, you know. Was, that was funny. I mean, I know. You, yes, yeah. it was. Yes, I, it was funny. I was a mark were, for the bushwhackers when I was yeah. a child. Right. I, you know, they were talking with their mouths full and stuff. Like, you know, as an eight-year-old, six-year-old kid, it's like that's funny stuff. You know, I, I didn't know any better. I did the whole walking <laughs> strut thing. I, oh yeah, you know, of I, course. I hate it now. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's goofy. But, <laughs> um, but this match was too long. <laughs> Took way too well, long. Well, and then that went into the the match with the Rougeau brothers yeah. and the Bushwhackers. Um, that one back then it was cool. Now it's like, eh. But oh my god, I can't wait for it to be over. Um, I would have stayed throughout the entire match back then, but now I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm just gonna yeah, watch now. the rest of us see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> like all right, cool. Um. I I, re- I remember marking out to when they did the battling ram um, from the head. Yeah. Which Ventura the called? Stomach breaker. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the funniest thing to me was the, the stomach breaker. Okay. Like now, I, obviously then I probably didn't think anything of it. But when I was watching it recently and I'm like, okay, that's never heard that. Other than that, and that, I've never heard of anybody using a stomach breaker other than them in that match. Um, we going to the next match. Next match. Well, and then yeah, and then remember the part again with the cartoon stuff with Bushwhackers uh, and Sean Mooney. I thought that was kind of funny too. But so the next <laughs> match, this was actually now this was a very 
and I think you'll agree. Mr. Perfect and Blue Blazer, which was Mr. Perfect's first uh, WrestleMania. Was it? Mm-hmm. And that okay. was actually the first time he wore the singlet, too. He used to wear the t- yes. just the trunks. Just the trunk and then yeah. wore the singlet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was short. I hated that it was short. I wanted more of this. Because, you know, Blue Blazer's Owen. Was mm-hmm. Owen. And Even though we knowing time, yeah, we didn't know the time. At least we knowing it now, <laughs> I, you know, knowing it now, it's all like, oh man, this match is short. <laughs> it could have gone longer, and like later down in the card as well. But you know, it, knowing now, I was like, oh crap, that just ruined it. <laughs> um, but no, but back then, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, perfect wins be a perfect flex. Because mm-hmm. you know he can't do no wrong. He, Kurt Henning would go undefeated for another year, which is awesome. Uh, Blue Blazer would leave the WWF to tour the world. He would return to Stampede until it shut down in December of that year, and lose to El Connect in a mask versus mask match in Mexico, thus revealing it was Owen Hart. <laughs> it was Owen Hart all along. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. One thing that I do remember about this match, which was actually before the match started, did you notice that Mr. Perfect was one of the super, the most trouble with those stairs coming to the ring? Yeah, I kept seeing those stairs. Like, um, I wonder how, I wonder how, um, Ultimate Warrior is going to come down those stairs. Just like running through it. Like, no. Nah. But then, but like. Caught himself. Like, caught it. But he, like, he, was, he, he gave it away, though, that he he almost tripped down the stairs. Which I guess wouldn't have done too much for Mr. Perfect, you know? He almost tripped, but he got yeah. the perfect save. He got right. the perfect save. So, so he, he did. He, he caught himself. He <laughs> saved himself. Uh, what'd you think of the future Hall of Famers on the Celebrity Wing run DMC WrestleMania rap? I again watching it, it's cool. I think it was long. Rewatch it. But I thought it was kind of cool that uh, that they added that, especially at that time. The crowd was dead. Yeah. No, that, that, yeah, the crowd was not into it. They didn't appreciate them at all. No. That's why I say looking back, it was like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool that they did that. I mean, you saw a few people standing up and clapping and like dancing around to it. It was like, yeah, we know who those people are. (laughs) They're the the ones that like rap. Come on. (laughs) Well, and at the same time, you have to figure that, especially back then, uh, pro wrestling fans and rap fans were not necessarily one and the same. No, you know now maybe it's a little bit more crossover or whatever. But back then it was not, uh, not to stereotype, but there was definitely a prototype of your average. And having gone to my first uh, live event in the early '90s, I can definitely tell you what people used to say about, you know, your average wrestling fan was probably true back then. And I'll just leave it at that. They weren't rap fans. They weren't rap fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they became rap fans though. Yeah, well, maybe not those same people, but who's not this those rock exact. guy? Yeah. Um, next match. Powers of Pain with Mas- Master Fuji at that time. Was he Master uh, Fuji? Yeah. Uh, 
when he turned on Demolition. Remember, he turned on Demolition and uh, joined Powers of Pain. He was actually in the match. It was a three-on-two match. Three-on-two against Demolition, Axe and Smash. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and a Smash. handicap match for the tag team titles. Tag team, yeah. He turned on them at Survivor Series. And so. then um, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I thought it was fun, especially, you know, three-on-two. Um, something different. Kind of cool to see a manager getting involved. And, you know, back then, as a kid, I didn't know that Mr. Fuji used to be a wrestler. You know, when you're six, seven years old, you think everybody's just, you know, you see, like, your parents, you don't imagine your parents were ever kids. So, to me, Mr. Fuji born old. So, it's like, oh, look at this old guy. He's wrestling, too. I didn't know he used to, you know, used to wrestle when he was younger. So, that's kind of cool. So, this was the third tag team match out of the five, and it was pretty good. Um, usually, we don't see that many tag team matches anymore, or we see them all in one match, or we get the usual 24-7 grab. But back then, they were stacked in tag teams, but later on, they would split them up and have them go solo. And either one of them would take off, or the other would become the Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Very subtle. Hey. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it was freaking good, man. I, I love this match. I it be, kind of became a fan of Demolition through this. Like, I, okay, let me see more of these their matches because I know who the Barbarian is. Like, yeah. I know who the Warlord is. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so action smash, and then like, oh, Repo Man. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Repo. <laughs> All right. No, I did liked that Fuji was involved. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the wrestling, especially for big guys, I thought it was actually pretty decent wrestling for big guys. Um, oh, everybody in the WrestleMania Five is all big. Yeah, well, all yeah, big back guys. then. I mean, yeah. yeah, everybody was, except for Shawn Michaels. But either way, um, the that Rockers was... were just the uh, small guys. No, no problem against in a world with big guys. Okay. Yeah. We'll see where you guys land soon. Um, later in the year, Warlord and Barbarian was split. Fuji sold the contracts. The Barbarian would go to the Heenan family, and Warlord would retain the services of Slick. Slick, yeah. <laughs> um, both continued to remain heels, but I think Heenan got the best deal here. Uh, Fuji then brought the Orient Express, Pat Tanaka, and Akio mm-hmm. Sato. Demolition continued to dominate, and on this night, they became the longest reigning tag team champions, beating the 370-day record held by Valiant Brothers, Jimmy and Johnny. Uh, the record would last through 478 days when they lost into the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Yay, Horsemen. Yay. <laughs> Horsemen went gold everywhere they go. Which, to me, I, I would think of them as WCW guys. I, I honestly forgot that they were WWF guys. Yeah, when I first saw this like, years ago, I'm like, wait, aren't I understand it was here? Cool. Yeah. And who's this other guy? Oh, Horseman. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know anything about Tully until then. <clears throat> um, later on, um, we'll talk about the four horsemen. Um. Yeah, they've got, we got to go, we, so we'll, before we get to them, we'll uh, talk, another pretty cool match, Garvin versus Bravo, rugged, rugged Ronnie Garvin versus, oh, Johnny Bravo. okay, start over, 
Go ahead. <laughs> so before we get to the horsemen, let's talk about the next match, which is Rugged Ronnie Garvin versus Dino Bravo. Again, another big man versus big man. They were all big men, but I think these were the biggest of the big men. Biggest of the big men and only lasted three minutes, which today no. in t- today's standards would be like a Goldberg and Brock Lesnar match. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool, though. One thing I was not confused about then, but confused about now, was the fact that they brought out Jimmy Snuka, which reminded me of uh, Rocky Three when, for some reason, Creed before Rocky fought Clubber Lang. It was like, oh, hey, look, it's me. Okay, well, anyway, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't see anything. I was like, I didn't really care. I really didn't care for it. It was like, oh, it's Jimmy Snuka's there. Great. Um, I like okay cool. <laughs> so you know, um, it's an alibi for that later on that night. Like wait, his girlfriend's dead. Oh no, where was he? No, there you go. Oh. <laughs> he was at <laughs> WrestleMania five. That's another. We we gotta save that for our own dark side of the, the ring. <laughs> dark side of the ring. Where was <laughs> Jimmy Snuka during at this hour? We all saw. He him. was at WrestleMania five. I've got oh, one okay. million witnesses. See, I showed up. I didn't do anything, but I showed up. Oh, uh, goodness. Great. You can see I thought... me. Match. I did like Johnny. Or... Yeah. Why? Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> Johnny Garvin. I keep. Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Oh, my goodness. That's what I keep wanting to say. Well, actually, I'm Johnny. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> We're we're so used to saying Johnny Bravo that like Dino Bravo was just some guy that Dino Bravo the wrestler that spins people around versus Johnny Bravo the cartoon guy that oh mama. So uh, I liked Dino Bravo. I still like Dino Bravo. I also kind of like Ronnie Garvin, semi generic uh, for the time, but he was you know I thought it. You know, Bravo fan back then, so I was happy to see that he won this match by um, size suplex. What is that? Well, it's no. like a generic suplex, man. <laughs> this was the 80s, though. It the was the 80s. 80s. Like, Those were... Oh no, so wait a minute. If you mean if Hogan would have done a side suplex, he would have been done also. And it wasn't just a side suplex, it was a strong side suplex from Dino Bravo, the strongest man in Canada. DT was like an a, atomic bomb, so come on now. DT, because Jake the Snake Roberts had it, and right. Raven, but well, even, the, yeah. Jake Roberts is like it's deadlier from Jake Roberts because he, he almost well, gave you a concussion. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta figure that Hulk Hogan was the biggest move was a leg drop. It a was leg, the most devastating thing was, in the world. It was a strong leg drop. <laughs> Oh. oh, you got to yeah. sell that leg drop just like Shawn Michaels <laughs> did. Oh, God. Um, later in the year, Dino Bravo joins Jimmy Hart's stable. Wrench Martin. I don't even know who French that guy Martin. was. French Martin, yeah. He, he's the guy that came out. Whatever. He leaves. Um, he joins Jimmy Hart's stable. Uh, later in the year, he would feud with Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo. No, wait, I'm sorry. Ronnie Garvin, later in the year, would feud with Greg Valentine. Are you done? <laughs> Ronnie Gar- Rugged Ronnie Garvin 
later in the year would feud with Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo some more, even going as far as to lose in the retirement match. Okay. He then became a WWF referee, often fighting with the people he was feuding with. Yeah. <sighs> sure. Very. So like, nope, you don't, you lose. Sorry. And then <laughs> those are in the history books, guy. You, this, you're ten and zero. You're zero and ten against this guy because um, uh, rugged guy. What is his name again? <laughs> Ronnie Garvin. Garvin. <laughs> Ronnie Garvin decided to be you know referee for your match. Storyline wise, you lost a bunch of matches. You don't deserve a title match. Exactly. It should be. How uh, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> um. The freaking match of their year? I don't really think so, but the Brainbusters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with Heenan. Bobby Heenan, who managed everybody. Yeah, he Bobby Heenan to take on Strike Force, Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Oh my God, can you believe Rick Martel turned on Tito Santana? I did not see that coming. You didn't see that coming? Uh, no, that was devastating back then as a kid. Mm, Tito Santana accidentally hits Martel, and then like the four or five minutes later, Martel finally gets up like, ah, screw this, I'm out of here. <laughs> Pay me, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Um, Arn Anderson and Tully tag Team Dynamic. Yeah. Oh, man. Anything Arn does is just a freaking... Awesome. Um, I never knew until later in life they were part of the most awesome stable in all of pro wrestling. The poor horsemen. But um, let's see who the four horsemen were when these two were here. So if Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard are here, which were the what? Yeah. So if the Brainbusters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were in WWE at the time. Mm-hmm. So what's going on in WCW? What's going on with the Four Horsemen over there? Idea who the Four Horsemen were until like the feud versus WWF thing. So I couldn't tell you. I was I was a WWE WWF until like '98. So. so without Iron Anderson and Tony Blanchard and WCW and in the group, you had um, maybe would be the B Squad of the Four Horsemen. Uh, Rick Flair, J.J. Dillon, <laughs> Barry Barry Windham, and his brother Kendall William Windham. Okay, yeah. So, so it was just like uh, you kind of took away the enforcers yeah, of the group. You took away the the main guys. The main guys, like the two biggest members of the Beatles, and then yeah. you left them with um, Paul McCartney. And the drummer and two oh, other new Ringo. guys, yeah. Ringo, Paul McCartney, Ringo, and two other new guys. Like, eh. well, then again, Barry, nah, like Barry was okay, but no, nah, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't see Barry when I think of the four horsemen. I see no, Arn, Tully, Ric Flair, and JJ Dillon as. Later on, Lex Luger, but we're not going to talk about that. Well, if we're going to talk about Lex Luger, well, 
then I, we <laughs> can also say Chris Benoit too. All right, Chris Benoit later on. Like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, Rick Martel will go on to become the model Rick Martel, mm-hmm. and Tito gets the Genetti treatment uh, with that L. He did get the Genetti treatment. He did okay, though. He did pretty good on his own. El Matador? I thought so. I, I liked the kid. I mean, I guess I can say it was goofy, but as a kid how you, in go, 80s... how you go from being Cuban to um, <laughs> you're Mexican now to a Spain bullfighter, bullfighter from Spain. Well. And at the time, I guess they wanted to um, include the Spanish market because you know Triple A and CMLL was going and was going up, so they're like, "Hey, we have a Mexican person also." See, gotta get the eh, El and let me see how does it say El Marta El the murderer, (laughs) a bullfighter, the bullfighter. Yes, that's what we'll go with. And pesos too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it it was an okay match, and then we get the fighting between them two, Tito Santana and Martel. There's no more strike force, and we're done. Well, I was definitely I became. I told you before, uh, Tamana Mart was one of my favorite wrestlers for a while, so I was okay with that. And I was cheering for Martel when he was facing Shawn Michaels. When Shawn Michaels turned into a heel. Yeah. So it's like heel versus heel. Who do I choose? Much, yeah. Martel. Well, I, um, I was for Martel even when he was the heel when he went against um, Jake the Snake in that blindfold match. Oh, I was yeah. going for Martel. <laughs> even as a kid. So The lesser of two evils. Jake the Snake is always going to be evil. Well, yeah. Like after after fight. knowing, yeah, after knowing what he did to Randy Savage with the snake, oh, with the and snake. then going, and then going back and watching his old stuff, like now nah, I can't cheer for this guy. <laughs> you already know what he becomes. So like, yeah. no, I can't do that. The snake, Damien, and Lucifer, the earthquake. Oh, on the back. Uh, and that happened on a Saturday or Sunday. It happened on a Superstars. It wasn't anything, if I recall. It happened on, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have I, to look for that one. Yeah, because I saw that, so it had to have been on a Saturday or Sunday. Superstars. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I got to look for it online or in the Peacock. Now. Wow, it's yeah. You, no, you, yeah, maybe even YouTube where he does, you know, where he would hit the ropes and then do the, you know, that's like he would do his jump. He would like sit on somebody's chest, earthquake. Yeah, he did that on the bag for the snake. Oh, and snake ended up getting a second snake from Damien, and then his second snake was Lucifer. I never knew that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, I gotta look for it. Yeah, I I'm like no, but I heard stories that um, he sat on a snake and uh, yeah. like, I, but I never knew he got another snake. Yeah, because that one got squashed. Snake. No, it was okay. the first one was Damien. The second one was Lucifer. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, Piper's Pit. Oh, now that 
that had to be the highlight of the show. I got to tell you. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, go ahead. First thing. So you hear the music play like, oh, cool. Roddy Piper's coming. Oh, wow. It's Brother Love in a Skirt. Okay, cool. Comes out. <laughs> and, you know, you hear Aventura saying like, oh, hey, maybe Roddy Piper got beat up by Brother Love. He's laying on in somewhere in the back and without any pants on. <laughs> so just starting from that, you knew it was going to be fun. And then, of course, I didn't know who he was at the time, but Morton Downey Jr. was basically the original um, Jerry for those times. Oh, was that Because I didn't know who the hell Morton Downey Jr. was. I didn't know. Okay. No, I didn't know. But Downey, looking, is he related to... He's not. No, okay. Just making no. sure. I was like, I... Robert Downey, right? No. Yeah, I'm just like, is he related to this guy? I was like, no. Yeah. All right. No, because I looked that up a couple times. I'm like, okay, that's weird. But um, I thought that... <laughs> you can't even hear people. I heard when I was watching today, um, if you're listening, somebody in the... This is dumb. I thought... It was. No, I thought... <laughs> no, I, I heard it, but... You heard um, it. It's just like, okay. I, yeah, go for it. This thing. And I love when he's blowing the smoke in his face. Um, I like... So, first... The first funny thing was when um, Roddy Piper asks Brother Love, he's like, talking about the... It's like, oh, the million dollar man with his belt. Does it turn his waist green? Like all that fake gold on your your hands turns your fingers. I just thought it was the funniest thing because that was like the first. Now they talk about pipe bomb or whatever with um all those guys. That to me seemed like the first like breaking kayfabe. Was really talking crap, you know. So I, th- I thought that was yeah. Funny. Um. And then Morton Downey getting the, <laughs> the coconut to the face treatment. Yeah, with the uh, fire yes, extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. It was iconic. Like both things that Roddy Piper has done: uh, coconut to the face and coconut to the head, and then um, fire extinguisher on Morton Downey Jr. The funniest line to me that I I'll laugh every time I hear it is when. Uh, you know, he was, Morton Downey was blowing the smoke in Piper's face. And so, you know, Piper's getting mad and he's like, you've never had a guest like me. And Morton Downey goes, no, no, I did. I did one time. Same thing. Long hair, skirt. Later on, he got picked up at a bar as a transvestite. Wow. <laughs> like, can you believe they said that in the 80s on WWF Wrestling? Oh, I thought my. that was the fact. I, mean, I probably I... didn't understand. Like later on, when I got the video again, like in two thousand, you know, whenever, I was like, "Oh my god, that's so funny!" I mean, they had Akeem. Come on, <laughs> yeah, but that... they got they got away with Akeem. Yeah, it's true. Get away with like some other stuff, and they did get away with. It. Now it'd be like, no, you're canceled, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't do that now. Oh my god, can you imagine? I say that. Um, and then yeah, no, they can do that now. Uh, Roddy Piper is back. For I mean, they he was hyped the year before that he was gonna that was his last match, his swan song, mm-hmm. and he goes on to do movies. Yeah, comes they back. Live. 
Yeah, they live. He comes back for this, and then later on at SummerSlam, he shows up, does a few matches on house shows. But is he back back? I mean, I wasn't really paying attention. Him. I'm going to say yes, because around. Remember, that was that time when he um, that might have been before match news. Was that before? Oh, that was WrestleMania next year. <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Okay. And then WrestleMania, was it WrestleMania 7 when Virgil fought the million dollar man and Roddy Piper was in his corner? He had a, bro- you know, had a broken leg. And told him to stand up. I yeah. think it was WrestleMania 8. I'm not sure. Was it eight? Or WrestleMania 7. Yeah, it was WrestleMania it was 7. seven. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I think he was pretty much back at that point. Yeah. He okay. stayed around at least until... I don't remember him. At... He definitely was not at WrestleMania 9. So probably he stayed for a couple more years. Because um, he wasn't at WrestleMania 9. At least he wasn't on the card. Anyway. Yeah, but I think he, he came back for a while after that. He did. Um, he was doing commentary as well. That's who, yeah, right. Yeah, because he did, he did the commentary seven. Uh, okay. When, what, was WrestleMania 7 the one with Hogan versus Slaughter? Yes. Yeah, so he did the commentary on that one. I remember he did the, he did the commentary for, um, um, Survivor Series 1990 with the gobbledygooker. Oh my goodness, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did that. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, <laughs> next match, Jake Roberts against Andre the Giant with special guest referee Big John Studd. Don't know why Big John Studd was there. Well, I think that but... was the with him and Andre. They had a whole like beef from the first WrestleMania, and just big guys, you know. That was the. They, I think they tried to play that up. The fact they were both like giants, because it seemed like there was more action between John Studd and Andre than there was between. Yeah, Jake Roberts. Yeah, uh, which felt like a, you know, filler. Yeah, but no, it, it was, was slow. It was slow paced, you know. Um. I don't think the crowd was into it. Was as into no. it. Uh, later in the year, Jake continues to be a face using a snake to scare Andre during his matches and give him a heart attack. Andre and Haku become the colossal connection. Uh, another match that should have been at the top of the card. And it was kind of long. It wasn't yeah, like, it was, for perfect, what it was. Can Andre go that long without it being Hogan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was it was longer than it, but it was it was filler, like you said. It was definitely filler. Um, another tag team match. <laughs> I love uh, this. This is a good matches. one, though. And it's the greatest tag team match. Not the greatest, but you know, my favorite tag team match of the night. Uh, the Heart Foundation against Greg Valentine and Honky Dog Man. Yeah. Uh, they weren't Rhythm and Blues at the time? They were not. Like that? Okay, they weren't yet. 
So I stopped there with rhythm and blues, and I just kept uh, saying, "It's like, oh, why aren't they called R and B? R and B." Valentine wasn't wearing his outfit. Yeah. And Valentine didn't hire dye his hair black. Yeah, he didn't have a or anything. No. Um, they're called that until later in the year when they break up for a bit and go solo. But mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart reunites them and dubs them Rhythm and Blues. Uh, there's no bad Bret Hart match at all. Um, Jim no. Neidhart, Jim Neidhart is a freaking enforcer. Uh, there's like all big men, and then there's um, Hart, who is yeah. like excellence of execution. He's there. He's like the t- the tiny guy in a big man's world, and it's you could tell Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and the same card. Like the only two guys in there. There's two small guys. Yeah. Like later on, yeah, later on, these two would hate each other. <laughs> it was a good match. Really enjoyed it. Um, every time Hart tags with Jim Neidhart or Hart, anything with Hart, and then Jim Neidhart tags with Owen Hart or you know, any of them, the Hart Foundation, it's always a good thing. But this match was kind of cool. The fact that they actually, even though they were the face, you know, they ended up using Jimmy Hurt's uh, megaphone to win. Remember, Anvil throws in the megaphone. Bret Hart uh, uses it. They get the one, two, three. So I thought that was pretty cool. Always. What the hell? Okay. And uh, Roddy Piper did not come. Seven. It was just on Survivor Series. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Um, <laughs> Rick Rude and the Ultimate Warrior for the versus the Ultimate Warrior with Heenan. <clears throat> Nine minutes and thirty-six seconds. Which was a. It was. Um, Even with the Ultimate Warrior, believe it or not. Yeah, it has to be rude. Because of Rude. For sure. I cannot find any bad Rick Rude matches at all. The fact, wasn't this the match, if I recall, where Warrior hits a splash, but it's while on his stomach? Mm, see, those, um, all his finishers are that, that way. Where um, he goes for the splash and hits them on the on their back. Oh, okay. I'm remembering incorrectly. Okay, because uh, I thought it was funny. I'm like, why did he? Okay. When he does, when he he did that to Honky Tonk Man, he hit him on his stomach because he rather Honky Tonk would rather watch see this guy hit him on his stomach than have back pain oh. because of uh, stories that he heard that Ultimate Warrior is unsafe, yeah. and this yeah. is the reason. This is the reason why after the match. Um, he picks up what's his face, Bobby Heenan, and slams. Yeah. And and Heenan just goes down awkwardly, like hurting his back and yeah. his neck. And then yeah, he, and he was actually hurt. On. He, he was he actually hurt, hurt. though. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, you could tell what era this was based on. Roots. I'm sorry. You could tell which era we were at based on Rick Roots' hair. How many cans of Aquanet did this guy use <laughs> for that hair? My God. Oh. Rude went on he to lose the yeah, too much of that. Rude went on to lose the Intercontinental title at SummerSlam against the Warrior when Roddy Piper interfered on Warrior's behalf. Again, Roddy Piper. Okay. Warrior went on to be the number two top guy in the road to WrestleMania, which we all know. After the match, Warrior attacked Bobby Heenan, which he goes on record saying that he hurt his back in a botched spot when Warrior lifted him up and dropped him off with on his side. And later on, he has to face the Red Rooster. Red Rooster. Horrible as well. Short, though. For that reason alone. (laughs) It was short because he's all like, no, I can't fight. I'm hurt. So they had him shorten it up. It's probably going to be like another minute or so. These last two matches were not even at all anything. Why are they there? Yeah, bad Um, news and... Bad News Brown versus King Jim Duggan. Okay. Well, later on in the fucking saying. Um, why was this match late in the card and this short? Yeah. I Maybe just to kind of to set up for the main event. You know, the main- follow the main event. You know, they didn't want to have Rick Rude, Warrior, and then the main event. They didn't want to have the foundation or, or uh, and Honky Tonk. And that, so maybe they figure, well, let's give them this stuff. You know, you'd be even more excited for the main event. That's the only thing I can think. Because yeah, then you got the Red Rooster. Right. So they said, well, this is throw away its comedy stuff and then get back to the real stuff. You know, it's kind of like in the Attitude Era when they would have, say, The Rock versus Stone Cold, and then they would have like a brawn panties match, and then they, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, um, angle. those yeah, yeah. So you put never a throwaway in between, just to kind of clear your palate. Uh, Bad News Brown has a solid year and go into next year's WrestleMania, starting a few with Roddy Piper. Uh, we know that where that went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim Duggan becomes the king of the WWF when he defeats King Haku. A few months later, he is defeated by Macho Man Randy Savage, Macho King. Macho King. Immediately after this match, the Red Rooster versus Bobby Heenan with Brooklyn Brawler. Brawler. (laughs) Come on. Jack of all truth. Out of all the members of Heenan's family, Brooklyn Brawler comes out. Why? I I guess he he was just the only one who still had to work for his money that night. Okay. Like anybody else, everybody else left. The building. It's like, nah, man, I'm leaving. Uh, if you, whatever happens to you, I'm out. <laughs> Way to go, family. Um, he and his bump still hurt him. Yeah. So, like, hey, rooster, just hit me here, blah, 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 <laughs> and pin me. That's it. We're done. He had a few, a run. He ran to the other side of the ring, and that was it. You could tell he was hurting when he gave, like, he gave him a bump, and that was it. It was bad in a short match. And it's done. Uh, then you see Miss Elizabeth uh, interview, Randy Savage interview, Hulk Hogan interview. Sherry. Same damn Sherry. Like, why is she there? 
Well, that was the setup, I guess. The longest match of the night with 17 minutes. And all 17 minutes, I stayed glued. Oh, I yeah. watched all of it. From bell to bell. Right. Well, even from the entrances. Just not the entrances. Um, the night before, Savage was hospitalized with an infected elbow, but checked himself out of the hospital in order to have this match. Is the reason Savage is heavily bandaged on his right elbow. Hmm. I actually right. did not know that. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna give you this elbow drop and then sell the hell out of it because it hurts for real. <laughs> um, this is the year Hulk Hogan feuded with Macho Man up until SummerSlam, yeah. and even throughout the end of the year. Um, SummerSlam does when Zeus shows up from the No Holds Barred movie that yeah. Hogan started the year before. <laughs> Zeus, yeah. Uh, later that same year, September, Savage defeats Jim Duggan and dubs himself the Macho King. At the coronation, which was held by the genius Lanny Pofo, Savage's real-life brother, um, was given a scepter by Ted DiBiase, and we all know where mm-hmm. that scepter ended up. They, you, well, <laughs> that's when he the warrior. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two years later. Yeah. We all know where it ended up. Yeah. Uh, seen just like so many times where it's like, oh yeah, it <laughs> like cracks him across the skull. It's like, yeah. how how are you not bleeding from that, man? <laughs> um, of course, Hogan is making movies during that time, during this time of the year. Um, he's uh, Gremlins Two is coming out, the new batch. He's in a cameo for a few minutes only, but he's still champion. Well, that match, though, was a very, you know, first of all, just the fact that top guys um, were facing each other was a huge deal back then. Now they do it a lot, but back then, yeah. that was huge. It was. You, you know, it was hard. And how do you pick Macho Man or Hogan? Because, I mean, at that time, they were basically both, you know, up until that time, they were both obviously babyface. I mean, they were partners, you know, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, so, um, you know, and then um, so Macho Man was the champion, right? Hogan took the, yeah, because he Yeah, he took the belt. He took the belt from, so, I mean, that was huge, but just the psychology of it, just all of it, like I said, from bell to bell, but even from entrance to bell was just huge. I mean, it was, you know, even as a kid, it was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then to see, you know, the athleticism of Macho Man versus the sheer size of Hogan. Um, yeah, even as a kid, like, you knew that that was an important match. Um, both entrance and throws always, like, the iconic moments mm-hmm. uh, Macho Man especially and then Hulk Hogan's which always got to sing along to <laughs> I'm a real American <laughs> yeah that's going to be the ending of this song of this podcast okay definitely well, putting an ending on this one and the fact that and I think Ventura pointed it out uh, the fact that even though Macho Man was the champion 
they had him come out first, where normally you would have the champion come out second. Right. That's how big Hogan was, the fact that the champion still comes out first, even though he should come out second. Hey, yes, they do. Um, hey. And I got to say, back, kid, you were supposed to be a Hogan fan. I was disappointed that Macho lost back then. You know, like, again, if you go back to the it's all real. Traitor. Um, <laughs> I was upset. I was definitely a Macho Man fan over a Hogan fan back then. Hogan rules. He know it. <laughs> <laughs> So I was sad. It, I yeah, was sad. I, I know. Like there were so many times during recess where I would just say, "Like Hogan is the best." Well, of course, somebody I was a else. Fan. I mean, somebody else would say, "No, Macho Man is no the Ultimate Warrior is." Oh god. Well, the Ultimate Warrior got um, booted by uh, Papa Shango. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That was later on, but yeah. Well, hey, during recess, during lunch, that's when they told, like, when I was told this, I was like, okay, when was this? It was like all superstars. Yeah, that was on out. But yeah, I was, so I was sad. I was sad when Macho Man lost. Um, even to, I'm more of a Macho Man fan than a Hogan fan, even now. Yeah, and uh, also another one in there would be Roddy Piper. Like, the big five um, on the Giant. Yeah. I had a weird... Well, not weird I'm not going to say weird, but I... Some of my most favorite wrestlers... Even now, sometimes I'll say to people, that, oh, I forgot about that guy. Like, I was a huge um, Texas Tornado fan. Texas Tornado fan. Like, probably up there with... I would say if I had to pick just real, um, I would say my favorite wrestlers are Bret Hart's number one. Nobody will ever be over Bret Hart. Bret Hart, Macho Man, Texas Tornado, um, Chris Benoit, and okay, okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> Even though obviously uh, they're not necessarily the best, but like I said, for me those were my top favorite. No. Not a bad list. Um, okay. Because I have a favorite too, obviously. Um, Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan. Yeah. Um, Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what? Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Roddy Piper. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No. Uh, well, Roddy tied between Roddy Piper and Mr. Perfect. Oh, Mr. Perfect. Yeah. That's why right. it's, it's hard to say, right? Because there's so many of them. Mr. Yeah, could only be. Yeah, Mr. Perfect was one of those that never held a belt, but yeah. like, no, he's still one of my favorites. Okay, uh, ready to rate it? All right. You want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? 
um, rated by the card. The card was okay. Yeah. Like, pretty stacked up. It 14 matches. Um, some of them which were short. Double, D, double DQ, a count out. Um, 30 seconds. <laughs> um, uh, but it was pretty good. Uh, not the way... Uh, uh, where it was placed, but you know it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I have to uh, agree with that. The roster seemed uh, well, all big guys, of course. Like the roster was good. Mm-hmm. Um, they would all stick around for a while, except for the Brainbusters, who mm-hmm. ended up leaving that year to go back to WCW yeah. and the Four Horsemen. A they. Bobby Heenan, Impact, a company guy. All of them are company. All of them are company guys. All the managers are company guys. Mm-hmm. Like they stuck around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what impact do they have on pop culture? It's like that last match. Oh yeah, Macho versus Hogan. Macho versus Hogan was like the talk of the freaking school. Everybody was well, like telling me like, "Yeah, you should watch it. You should have seen it." Like, where do you guys watch it? Well, even beyond wrestling, though, guys were Macho were even at that time. You know, people knew those names. They were like a Mike Tyson or a boxer or anybody. Like, people would say, oh, you know, Hogan's going to have a match. Like, it was. So. Is it rewatchable? So, I absolutely, yeah. I've I've rewatched it many times, so. (laughs) Like, this is the first time I watched it, like, as many times. Because of the main event, of course. Like, okay, I'm gonna watch the entire show then, and I did. Yeah. Like, and then the tag teams are all stacked. Yeah, it's just fun. It's a, fun, I think it's a fun atmosphere, fun everything. You know, it's. I just thought it was a fun show overall. So if I, as far as the the rating, I'm not gonna give it a perfect because, you know, where do you go? From? I have to give this one. I'm gonna have to give it a eight. Mm, okay, I'm gonna give it a seven. Uh, it's perfect. It's not perfect, perfect, but it's there. The uh, the fact that you know, it, some matches were short, other matches were um, thirty seconds long. No DQ. <laughs> other matches were no DQ. Are ended up in a DQ or a double qualification. Um, I'm gonna say seven because. And I was looking forward for the main event. And then, like, I was fast-forwarding through some of these matches. <laughs> like, I don't remember this. Oh, yeah, okay. Could care less about the Bushwhackers now. By the time, I was just like, yeah, I'm a mark. Yeah, back <laughs> but, now, sure. but now I'm just like, mm, mm, whatever. Okay. That was a weird moment. <laughs> <laughs> um... Would we take it to school? Recorded, yes. Yeah. Recorded, take it the next day. Definitely watch it. Tell everybody to watch it. All your friends, like, yeah, hey guys, yeah, watch this videotape. You're gonna love it. And then, like, 
bring it back to me when you're done because it's gonna be a freaking fourteen matches and after school. No. Like a whole week. That whole week you're yeah. just being like watching it and watching it and watching it again. I do want to make one honorable mention. Yes. We cannot forget that Fuji, Master Fuji, Mr. Fuji, however you know him by, yeah. ran a 5K on the Atlantic in a suit. In a suit. In this whole in suit. suit with his cane. <laughs> exactly. And, and Gorilla Monsoon still doesn't believe it. To this he day. doesn't. but He, he just, never believed him. He's not in the know like we are. He's we like, know. We know. <laughs> and Gorilla's all like, he wasn't sweating. He's like, he was sweating. Come on. You he saw just the rip. Black suit, you couldn't see the sweat. That's what it was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so. don't don't besmirch the name of Master Fuji here. Exactly. Go away from the you know the things that he's accomplished. We know. Great. We as greatest, seven eight year olds, we know. Greatest manager of all time. One of them. One of him and he and and um, Jimmy Hart. Mouth of the side, yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else? We're good. Yeah. We did. We we've accomplished the two-hour mark. Yeah, uh, I just need to wake. I only called him Johnny times. I'll put the Johnny Bravo and um <laughs> soundbite in there. Yeah, might as well. It's relatable. It's relatable. <laughs> Um, that's all the time we have for tonight. We will be back next week with more WrestleMania moments discussion. Um, let's do WrestleMania six. Okay, perfect. Uh, perfect. Plus, it's a good segue to go with um the I hate Hulk Hogan intro <laughs> that I'm doing, or not even that. Uh, it's more like Hulk Hogan's a douchebag and he betrays all his best friends. Oh, well. There you go. So there's that trilogy. Starting off with WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 5, and WrestleMania 6 when he faces the Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate. Um, The Ultimate Challenge. By the time we get to WrestleMania 8 when he faces the Justice, another former friend. Oh, and then we get to WrestleMania 9 when he screws a friend in the back. Wow, he is just on a roll. He was. Oh, that's like, wow, okay. Like, see all that as a kid, but wow. Maybe he wasn't a good guy after all. <laughs> maybe he was, the whole NWO thing was in him all Already, yeah. yeah. I think he was on, he was a heel, he was always a heel, he just did out front with it. Yeah. So, if you have another pay-per-view that you think we should watch and review, just like just like we did with St. Valentine's Day Massacre, let us know in the comments. Follow us on Twitter at AllSingsPod. That's all underscore things underscore pod. Listen to us on Spotify or Anchor at All Things Wrestling. Check us out on Facebook groups at All Things Wrestling with the same logo. Uh, gonna try to make an Instagram account as well as a Twitch account so you can watch us and listen to us there. Thank you for supporting our content and giving us a listen. Until next time, I'm Ernie and this is Michael. All right, see you next time. See ya. <laughs>